0: Hey, what's going on champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast is about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. Another week, another opportunity to share an amazing story from another amazing immigrant, but before that, housekeeping. For the OGs, thank you for your continued support, and for the new ones that are just joining our community, welcome, and thank you as well. If you must know, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at An Immigrant's Life. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you or someone you know would want to come on and share their immigrant story, please do not hesitate to hit us up. You can contact us through the social media accounts I've mentioned on the top or through email at animmigrantslife@yahoo.com. at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting and be expecting your messages now let's talk about the episode this week's episode is about a father that left his family to migrate to the middle east so he may provide them a better life champs wait till the guest reads his daughter's handwritten letter to him it will make you cry so without further ado let's get into the show isa dalawa tatlo Today's guest is an industrial engineer, but most importantly, a family man. Everyone, please welcome Norman Bullet bala Hi, hello. Hey, Norman, how are you doing? Fine, sir. Uh, So far, so good. (laughs) (laughs) How so? Yes, Uh,
1: irrespective of what is happening here in uh, our area especially Mm -hmm. here in the Middle East, uh, we try to cope up with the complexities of our daily life because we need to.
0: Yeah, we got to do what we got to do. We can't just stop, right? Correct. You know? So where were you from originally?
1: Uh, I was born in uh, Nilasin second Pura Tarlac. That is a barrio, actually. Mm -hmm. And I am actually a... uh, I am the eldest of the three uh, gentlemen, wherein my mother is coming from uh, the family of politicians, and my father is uh, from the farmer side. That's why I have a colorful, uh, what do you call these memories when I was young? Oh, yeah. Tell us. Yeah. Well, basically, my uh, grandfather from my father's, uh, my mother's side is a former mayor of our town. And Mm. uh, he was uh, once a famous mayor. Well, actually, you can uh, search uh, his name on Facebook or in history.
2: Mm.
1: His name uh, is uh, the Honorable Severino Tolentino Valdez from Pura Mm. Tarla. So that one was way back uh, 1970s to early 1980s. Mm -hmm. So as a matter of fact, uh, they are telling uh, our uh, all this now. That actually, they are telling that he was like a Duterte during his time, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he's not uh, he's not going out. He's going out of the area of our small town, even without bodyguards. And I am proud to say that he was once chosen as one of the ten most outstanding mayor of the Philippines during his time. Wow! Yeah.
0: So that's in uh, around the Marcos era, which is the... Correct. Yes. Okay.
1: But during that time, uh, he was uh, under the leadership of uh, Ninoy Aquino because basically Tarlac is uh, from the Ninoy Aquino area.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So for the listeners that doesn't know these um, names that we're mentioning, you know, you can Google it. Uh, Marcos yeah. was a, a dictator of the Philippines for what, thirty years, plus. Yeah. Yes. And he had a he. They used to be friends, but they became rivals after. Who's the the guy that Norman mentioned, which is Ninoy Aquino? So. Mm. And you mentioned that your dad was from the farmer side. Are we talking mm. about like? Poor farmer, or we're we doing well, farmer. Uh, not so well, farmers.
1: Because uh, my father also is the eldest son. I mean, they are five brothers also, and he was the eldest one. All boys.
2: So,
1: all boys also. <laughs> so I think uh, we we came from that uh, genes also because we are all three in the family, all boys also.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I have learned uh, when I was young. I have learned how to. uh plant palai, and uh, go to the fields and uh, take some root crops. Wow. And even, of course, when you are coming from this type of uh, families, uh, every centavo that you earn from that uh, hardships at the field is very much important. I can still remember that uh, way back in high school, if I want to buy for my shoes, I will go to my grandmother in my father's side and I will ask her if I can uh, take some mongo beans Mm. and I will try to sell that one. And you can imagine that two sacks of uh, (laughs) mongo can only be two small cans of mongo when you already uh, try to cultivate it. So way back mm -hmm. then, it was only 200 pesos, I think.
2: And -hmm. that could
1: be a good uh, opportunity for me to buy shoes already. Mm -hmm. So, those are my uh, younger years when I was in the province.
0: (laughs) Wow. So, you know, in the Philippines, there is a clear cut between the rich and the poor. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming your grandfather, the mayor, is doing well.
1: Uh, As a matter of fact, to tell you honestly why he was... Had been why he had been chosen as 10 of the most outstanding mayor during that time
2: mm.
1: is that basically because our town is a poor town. Mm. Okay? Pura Tarlac has been a poor town in Tarlac before. Mm-hmm. So, what he did in order to uh, sustain and improve the town itself is that uh, he sold three fourths of his uh, what do you call this uh, family heirs. So that we can improve the, the improve the town itself. Well, basically, uh, it's not a it's not only a story, but all those people who are uh, near us and even the the things that they did during that time is still intact, as you can see from our town town right now.
2: Oh
1: wow! Plus, uh, the the documents which was being used for the selling of this here, <laughs> still with our uh, small treasures from our mm. uh, small house in the province.
0: Yeah. Okay, so originally, my question is, you know, in the Philippines, there's a clear, clear cut of the well-to-do and the, the poor. Yeah. And you mentioned that your dad came from, like, a farmer family. Yes. Was there, like, a friction or resistance from your mom's family when she decided, you know what, I want to hook up yes. with her? A... At first at first
1: uh, instance, yes, there is, uh, according to my aunts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As a matter of fact, I was not with my mom and dad on my first years because they are afraid of the power from my grandfather that he would <laughs> do something about it. <laughs> so I had been uh, taken by my aunt by, I think, one or two years. And Mm. when they had already uh, took the opportunity to, and the courage to talk to my grandfather. So that's the time that, uh, because I was the first uh, grandson. Mm. So it took a while also. But eventually it became a uh, opportunity to become a unity of the, to, to have a unity for both of the families as well.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's. You're afraid to tell them like, hey, by the way, I'm with him now or I'm with her now. But once you present that baby, game over. (laughs) All that heart that is made of steel will just melt. Yes, especially during the time that my mom was, uh,
1: she just finished her college degree when I was born.
0: Wow, shout out to your dad. Boy got yeah. game. <laughs> God yeah. damn, man. that boy got courage. Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So did you have a good childhood? Yeah,
1: I have a good childhood because uh, that's why I was, uh, after that incident, uh, when my uh, mom and dad already had the opportunity to uh, take care of me,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for ma- from, I think I started my schooling for gr- from grade 1 to grade 4. I was with my uh, grandfather and grandmother from the mother's side. Why? That's why uh, because we are living in Poblacion and there is a barrio where I was born. So I am going in in barrio. I am living with them both. That's oh, why okay. I am a grandmother and grandfather's boy. That's what they told me because they took care of me. That's yeah, why. Because I, you're the first one. Yes. So that's why when they died, it really hurts me a lot. But every time mm. that I remember my childhood, I will really still treasure those memories with
0: them. Is awesome. I'm
1: sleeping with them both in their uh, room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so typical Filipino. <laughs> yes. They're going <laughs> to take the, the, their favorite one and they're going to make them, that kid sleep with them.
2: Yeah.
1: Plus, uh, I had the chance to, because my grandfather, uh, second to the last position that he did in the government is the provincial warden in Tarlac. Mm. So I had the chance to go with him in his office, wherein you will see the presos, as we call. But mm-hmm. it's just like, uh,
2: prisoners I don't know you how mean? To,
1: The prisoners, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I have these uh, good opportunities and memories.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the, last, uh, the, the one thing that I will never forget that he told me is that don't enter to the world of politics. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he told me that the dirtiest game in life is in politics. Well, mm-hmm. there are a lot of instances that I can remember with him. When mm-hmm. I was young and uh, he was driving uh, his car. Uh, I thought that it was only a, a toy gun. Well, in fact, I have with me some Armalites on the uh, beside me when I was riding with him. <laughs> because so, a Provincial warden, yes,
0: armed to the teeth. Your uh, grandpa was, yes, so that's so, good. It's uh,
1: plus your memories when you are young, you are uh, playing at the fields. Mm. So, catching some exotic foods.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I love it. And mm-hmm. by the way, just for reference, Tarlac is... How long, How far is it from Manila?
1: Tarlac is... If you are coming from Manila, it's only 200 to, 50, 200 to 250 kilometers away from Manila. Mm-hmm.
0: That's no Philippine traffic, though. That's like clean running. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> if we include traffic, it could be like... A week.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: But now they have already opened this uh, Tarlac-Pangasinan uh, uh La Union Expressway.
2: Okay, that's So awesome. if
1: you're coming from Manila and mm-hmm. you're going to use that one, previously, it might take you, yeah, as you told, maybe one week because of the traffic. <laughs> but now, if you have your own vehicle especially, you mm-hmm. can only run that one for two hours, one, 1. Yeah. 1.5
0: to 2 hours. Yeah, yeah you're right. Mm-hmm. So... Was there in your family that followed your grandparents' steps, or he was like, No one's gonna follow me?
1: Yeah, he, uh, one of my uncle followed his footsteps, but until uh, barangay only, okay. no one has joined the national government already.
0: Mm, why so? Uh,
1: basically, because first, as we have, as I've told you, most of our <laughs> heirs or that the resources has been already uh gone because of my uh, grandfather so no chances because wow. i get, uh, he ran also for national government during the time of miriam as a candidate of uh, tarlac again pura tarlac as a mayor
0: okay
1: and uh, during that time again all the resources has been pulled out so maybe my uncle also already witnessed the real scenario why he was not able to join the national government well in fact you really need to have a lot of resources when you running the yeah. government
0: you're right was there a resentment towards your dad your grandpa's sacrifice yes there is because mm. uh, my aunts and my aunt my uncles they are
1: telling that if if, my, if our father didn't run for the government, maybe each one of us has their own car, their good mm. houses. Because basically, my grandfather was uh, third from the four siblings. But during the Second World War, uh, all his siblings died. Ooh. So uh, he was the lone, uh, uh, what do you call this? He has all the heirs from their family. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. How did they die, if you don't mind me asking?
1: One, was, uh, one died uh, during the Bataan March, that March. He was a soldier? He was a soldier. Okay. Right? And then the other, uh, the other two are still young when they died.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. And high school, did that happen around your high school days or college days? Uh, when you were like when you the family started struggling oh uh, elementary days my oh I started primary days yeah mm. mm-hmm. so because you mentioned to me that you were a working student during college days
1: yes 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 during college days
0: what kind of job did you do
1: uh, I was the the first job that I took was a in fast food chain as a matter of fact I am mm. the one of the pioneer uh, employee of KFC in Baguio. We opened the first <laughs> KFC in Baguio, you know? I think that was uh, way back, early, late 1990s. Mm-hmm. I think 1998 or
2: 1999.
1: Ooh, wow.
0: So I am one of those uh, pioneer employees during that time. Mm-hmm. How hard was it to get the job and to keep the job?
1: Uh, actually... Uh Since it is the first uh, store of KFC in Baguio City, we were interviewed by not managers, but psychologists. What?
2: I why? don't know why.
1: Because maybe it's basically because the rule of KFC uh, central office or what? That's
0: nuts. I'm like, it's with all due respect. Yes. You know, you're just cooking chicken. <laughs> it's not that easy, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not that easy, but it's yeah. not like you're trying to build a building. Yes, correct. But maybe it's basically because it's the first uh, store in Baguio City. So they wanted to have a good uh, impact. Mm-hmm, for sure. And during this time, you were going to school too?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: my, my schedule in school is
1: from 7.30 to uh, 9.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. And then I will go to KFC by 10 o'clock until uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I will start my class by 4.30 and I will stop by 8.30 in the evening.
0: Holy shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of work, man.
1: But it but it was very tough.
0: Yeah. What drove you?
1: Uh, well, basically because during that time, me and my uh, second brother is already in college. Mm. So we have a... Uh, lack of resources also for the uh, tuition fees and the mm-hmm. payment of a boarding house. So I need to do my part to help my parents.
0: Were your f- parents working then?
1: Yeah. Okay. They are working, but still, if you are just coming from a middle uh, class family, especially in the province, mm-hmm. in the salary are just, uh, what do you call this, uh, provincial rates. So basically, you need to do your part. Exactly. Especially, I am eldest. So, <laughs>
0: so after job. college, did you go to work in the Philippines or?
1: Yeah. Even uh, before graduating, I have already my work. So uh, I my last job before I graduate is in Jalibi, a store marketing assistant.
2: Okay. And
1: immediately after graduating, uh, I have found a job in Rosario Kabite. What kind of job? I am an assistant supervisor in a uh, woodworking entity okay. as, a, uh, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact that story is basically because uh, since I am a graduate of industrial engineer, so that is a production manufacturing. But uh, on the final interview, the interviewer is absent. So I was presented to the general manager and there is a opening for uh, safety and health department. So I had grabbed the opportunity to enter on that venture. And maybe you won't believe me, I'm a graduate of engineering, but my first job is handling three nurses and three doctors as the supervisor of health department in the clinic.
0: (laughs) 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 What made them decide, like, oh, you know what? Norman's perfect for this position.
1: (laughs) No, it's basically because during that time, it was already December of uh, 2003.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And unfortunately, uh, the person who is in charge on health department was not regularized, was not uh, having the opportunity to be permanent. Okay. And in the Philippines, when you say December and you are coming from this uh, uh, field of uh, work, occupational safety and health, there are a lot of reporting documents or mm. reporting requirements from the government. That's why you need to fill it up. So the general manager asked me, are you willing to be assigned first in a clinic to handle occupational health? And then eventually when you are able to stabilize the system in a clinic or in occupational health, you will be transferring to a safety department. Mm-hmm. Well, it has a blessing in disguise because whatever I had learned from that company, is uh, my step was my stepping stone from where I am right now.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome, man.
1: Yeah. Because there I have learned a lot, especially in occupational health. So the first times that uh, uh, like, for example, during my time, I think the dangerous drugs act of the Philippines was still new. So you have to formulate a uh, drug prevention and control team from your company. And I have learned that there are a lot of, uh, like for example, the uh, substance which is being controlled in the Philippines. I never knew that toluene, which is being used for painting, is a derivative uh, ingredient of shabu because it makes the shabu crystallize. So this one, you need to be, you need to be, this uh, substances need to be controlled. So you Mm. need to register this one to the government.
0: Okay. So how old were you then? Uh, I was 24. 24. Did you have your family then, your own family, or you're still single? I'm still starting my family during that time. You were married or? Yes, yes. But no kids?
1: No kids yet, no kids.
0: Okay. And you were crushing, you were doing a great job, you were enjoying your job. Mm. What made you decide to migrate?
1: Uh, after three years in uh, Rosario Cavite, I moved to Baguio. Okay. From there, uh, I was uh, employed again as a HSE personnel for, for uh, a government entity.
0: What's HSC?
1: Health and safety environment officer. Okay. And after one year, uh, I have decided to migrate here in Qatar.
0: Okay. One one quick question: Why did you quit that job that you like?
1: Mm, First, it's basically because during that time there has been a redundancy on the plantilla of the government of the uh, company, and then, uh, of course, because of my uh, I have two kids during the time already. So because of the uh, expenses plus the dream of giving them a better uh, future.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I have decided to quit the job and go here in Qatar.
0: Okay. All right. Why did you choose Qatar?
1: Mm, as a matter of fact, it's only... Maybe I can tell it's an oppor- it's a what do you call this? A luck, hmm. or maybe it's a what do you call this? Destiny,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I I just tried my uh, application through Job Street during that time. What's Job Street? Job Street, the website.
0: Okay.
1: I'm just submitting and submitting my uh, resumes or CVs on JobStreet.com during that time. And whoever comes first to call me, then uh, if the uh, bargain is good, then I had chosen it. I have opted Uh-oh. to.
0: So it wasn't you chose Qatar. It was yeah. Qatar chose you kind of deal.
1: <laughs> Maybe, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because I have applications in Saudi. I have some applications in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. But none of them returned the call Mm -hmm. and uh, Qatar gave me an opportunity to talk to them. As Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, uh, way back 2007, the original plan is that I should be here by June 2007. Mm. But during that uh, period, they are asking us to pay for some placement fee, something like that. Okay. And I asked the general manager who hired me that, uh instead of paying some uh portion of the amount could it be you who will be paying this amount by full and i will uh can you just be cutting it as a portion piece by piece of my salary mm. so he agreed also but instead of coming here in Qatar by june it went as far as october 2007 because of these issues but still lucky
0: yeah how did you present it to your wife that you want to move to Qatar?
1: Mm, it has been a very hard decision mm. basically because my youngest during that time was only one year old mm-hmm. and my uh, eldest is uh, three years old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Plus, uh, we are just renting and uh, we are living on our own in Baguio City. So there has been a lot of uh, discussion and yeah, I can say that even up to now, if there are some <laughs> times that we are having discussions, these, these things are being brought up.
0: I can imagine, man.
1: Yeah. And it's, every time that I can remember those moments before I leave, it really hurts me a lot. Because mm. on my mind, although my kids are already grown up, they are still babies for me.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll always be babies for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> you could be 70 and they'll be like whatever age, like let's say 40, they will yeah. still be always be babies. And mm. yeah, I understand obviously that, you know, you're missing, you missed their childhood, yes. them growing up. Yes. And But obviously you're making your sacrifice yeah. to be away from them, to give them a better life. Uh, have you had a discussion with them about hey, I'm here doing all these sacrifices for you. Because you know mm-hmm. how some kids are, they don't understand that. they like, oh, ja- dad is being selfish. Instead yeah. of spending time with us, he decided to move away.
1: Yeah. Actually, there is a, a letter coming from my uh daughter. Oh, and awesome. I would like to share it with you because the one that we are discussing right now, yes, you're correct, there are some... Uh, kids who who cannot really comprehend or cannot really understand the sacrifices of their parents, why they have chosen to go away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I am lucky that my kids can uh, uh, really understand.
2: That's and awesome.
1: even I can share it with you, the, yeah? the content, because I know that it could also be an opportunity for the uh, future listeners mm-hmm. that, of course... There are some, not some, but maybe there are also many kids who appreciate their parents who are going away,
0: mm-hmm.
1: although it might not be uh, obvious for them to show it, but they can always uh, put it in writing.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. Before you before you continue, I just want to say to the listeners that Norman's actually holding a piece of paper that yeah. his daughter wrote a letter, yeah. like old school. I love it. <laughs> So, yeah, go ahead. Do your thing. Okay, Yes.
1: Dear Papa, we miss you so much. I may not be able to show it, but there was never a day that I didn't think of you, how you are doing, because I know it's hard for you. You never fail to be there for us to make us smile, even if the days are dark for you. Thank you, Papa, for all your sacrifices. Thank you for putting our family above all. Thank you for being our Papa because all that I am right now is because of your love and guidance. The world has been tough on you, but I have seen how strongly you face it with faith. Take care always, Papa. Stay strong. We love you so much. I just received this one yesterday.
2: (laughs)
0: Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for that. Did you send it by mail? No, actually, there was uh, a... uh,
1: one uh, OFW also is coming from uh, our country,
2: mm. and I
1: asked a favor for her if I can uh, let my family uh, give some uh, something for me mm. here in Qatar. So I was surprised when I opened a small uh, piece of book that I asked them to buy for me, and there is
0: something inside. So it uh. made me cry, actually. <laughs> Dude, I don't blame you, man. You're reading the mail, I'm like, I'm pushing my feelings down over here. <laughs> yes, yes. That's beautiful. That made me, how does that make you feel hearing that from your daughter?
1: Yeah, I feel refreshed, but at the same time, it really hurts me a lot because as I've told you, if there is one regret of becoming a OFW is I wasn't able to be with them, to witness them personally and physically how they grow up. That's why every time that I'm calling them, I still treat them like a baby, although they are already <laughs> grown
0: up now, yes. Of course. How do you often come
1: home? Uh, I see to eat that once a year. I have a annual leave.
0: Once a year. That's awesome.
1: For how long? Uh, 45 days. 30 to 45 days.
0: That's I mean, once a year, 30 mm. to 45 days, I mean... That's not it's bad. not even
1: enough. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's bad. It's never enough, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: if you compare to other OFWs or, you know, migrants from the Philippines, yeah. that's a lot, to be honest.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, I just want to share to you, and I mentioned it on the podcast before, that I grew up without my mom, too. She was an OF- OFW as well, and she mm-hmm. will leave for two years and come back for a month. That's it, every two years, you
2: mm-hmm. know,
0: which is... Yes, as a parent myself as well i of course, I understand where you're coming from. I myself says to my friends that are you know migrants as well, like I don't know how you guys do it to be mm-hmm. away from the family. I'm a weakling man i can't i I can't, but obviously, coming from what you said is you gotta make the sacrifice to take care of these kids,
1: yes, exactly, you
0: know, so. When you finally got that paper for you to move to Qatar and work, mm-hmm. how how did you feel? Uh, it's a mixed feelings,
1: actually. There is a uh, feeling of hope that, yes, maybe I can... Because it's all uncertain during that time. Uh, on the other side, of course, there's a feeling of loneliness and, of course, mm-hmm. sadness. Mm-hmm. Because... I will leave my family alone.
0: (laughs) It's very difficult. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yes. So when you arrive in Qatar, did anyone pick you up? How did you get Mm -hmm. to the the job? Was there like an apartment that you're going to stay in? Tell us.
1: Yeah. Uh, That is also one of my fond memories here in Qatar because you're a first timer to go out. And uh, I reached Qatar by 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was picked up by 6 o'clock in the afternoon. So I was Bro. very scared. Basically because the driver assigned to me, he forgot to pick me up. <laughs> Bro! Yes. What the? F- and then what I did is, uh, I because there is a sticker of the company on my passport at the back. So I had tried to call them. And uh, fortunately, the receptionist was a Filipina. And uh, she told that, Oh, we already sent the driver to pick you up on that time. But maybe because of the lot of uh, tasks that he did, he forgot to pick me up on time. So I nearly cried. But uh, because we need to be strong now, we cannot do anything. We cannot go back to Philippines immediately. So the first thing I did when he picked me up is I bought immediately a, a calling card. I mean this. <clears throat> for calling in the Philippines, and I called immediately mm-hmm. my my family and my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a uh, apartment for all of us. At first instance, uh, I was not. Uh, I didn't uh, felt the loneliness because during that time, uh, all of us who are staying in the apartment is uh, Filipino.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the first batch that uh, arrived was June. Supposed to be I was on that batch. Mm-hmm. And then June, July, I was the last batch who arrived during that year, okay. October 2007. So, and then uh, in that apartment, they have seven uh, rooms. And in that room, uh, there are five members who are staying in because it's a big room. Mm-hmm. So usually we call, the, we call these rooms a selda. So I belong to
0: Celda Uno. <laughs> but just for the listeners, Zelda means prison cell. Yeah, it's a part of the prison cell, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, I was uh, provided with good hospitality. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there on, the rest is uh,
0: history already. Mm-hmm. So is there a reason, because i had guests before, that Mm. told me this story. Is there a reason that it's always the Filipinos are together and the other uh, ethnicity are together? Is there a time that they mix you guys? No, no.
1: In in that building, they have uh, separate rooms uh, with other nationalities, Mm -hmm. but they are not mixing up with the Filipinos. Well, basically, first, there is a difference on the smell of the food that we are uh, cooking (laughs) A second is the uh, preferences of the uh, what do you call this? Mm. Uh, the preferences of the area that they would want to say. For instance, for the living room, they want it to be uh, quiet and uh, less of people. But we as Filipinos, we are fond of getting together, isn't it? Yes, sir. So it's a different one. Uh, but Sounds still, good. there is a respect for for each other because basically mm-hmm. we are belonging to uh, the same company.
0: Of course. Um, What if you get into a fight? Do you get fired?
1: Yeah, of course. We had instances
0: already. Send home? Immediately,
1: yes. Immediately, you will be deported.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, obviously, you guys are mostly guys Mm. full of, you know, being macho. How do you, you seem to be like a cool guy and Mm. very calculated. How do you keep that in check?
1: Mm, Well, basically, you need to uh, assess also the other people Mm. so that you know when to enter, when not to enter, uh, Mm -hmm. how to uh, refrain yourself from uh, saying some things which which you think might uh, create some unnecessary things or bring you into collision. Of course. Uh, First is that, uh, because I'm a person who is always assessing the situation <laughs> and I want, uh, I'm an observant person. Mm-hmm. So if I know that the person whom I'm talking to is too much arrogant, I just stay uh, put and put my shields on. Mm-hmm. But if I can uh, observe that the person whom I'm talking to is comfortable also in the way we are uh, intermingling with each other. Mm-hmm. And on my experience, there had been nothing because we are 21. On that uh, apartment, all mm. Filipinos. So <clears> we are all uh, uh, getting along as well.
2: Okay,
0: that's good. So you mentioned that you live in this apartment with fellow Kababayans. Yes. Um, but they cannot help you with one thing because mm-hmm. you have to deal with it yourself, homesickness. Yeah. How did you deal with that?
1: Uh, as a matter of fact, Uh, I don't know how to say it, but during that time, yes, there might be a time that I am feeling homesick, but not as frequent as for the others. Well, basically because first, I was with these Kababayans that we have. Mm -hmm. Second one, there are a lot of uh, church activities that we've been through during Mm -hmm. that time. The third one is uh, basically because of the type of the job that we have. Because our client is coming from the oil and gas industry. So basically, plus I travel uh, too far from from Doha. So it's more than 100 kilometer per day.
0: Oh, you travel every day? Yes,
1: six, oh. uh, six, uh, six days a week. Woo! So you will never... The only time that you will find rest is... Uh, during your sleeping time, plus when you have the break time in, uh, at the field, so that's the opportunity that you can call your family in the Philippines. Oh, because during man. that time, there is no video calls on cell phones.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Wi-Fi is uh, very limited. Mm-hmm. So it was only, uh, what do you call this, the pay phone that we are using. Uh, And then if you want to have a video chat with your family, you're going to go to computer shop and use the Yahoo Messenger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you said phone booth. There must be a lineup on that phone booth. Yes, (laughs) yes, there is. And uh, we have two
1: types of phones here before, one for roaming and one for Qatar, because during that time, there is no dual SIM phone.
0: Oh, sh- <laughs> so when you're using the phone booth, is there like a unwritten law of like, hey, you can only use it for 30 minutes? I uh, know. You well, can use uh, whatever?
1: Yes, as long as you are having the card or the coins.
0: Yeah, I know. But you know what I mean? Like if you have like four hours worth of cards, yeah. I'm like, I yes. want to talk to
1: my family too. <laughs> yeah, there is, as long as you're the first one who goes there. Oh, my God. <laughs> but there are a lot of, of uh, phone booth here. Not only the phone booth, but there are some uh, individuals before on in their home that they are doing these businesses. Mm. So it's either you go there late or you either go there uh, early in the morning. Okay. So
0: this might be a sensitive topic to you, but mm-hmm. I'm going to ask anyway. Yeah. In your opinion, how does an average Qatar citizen look at migrant workers?
1: Uh, for me, they are considering them as a partner rather than a slave. Discrimination will always be there, but here in Qatar, you cannot feel that one. Well, basically because first they have high regards with our Filipinos, not only to Filipinos, but for the other nationalities as well.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Because they know that when you say Filipinos, they are the first uh, per, uh, they are the People who are first, uh, who are firstly, Mm -hmm. they are very hardworking people. Second one is that they are professional. And third one, irrespective of their level in life in the Philippines, they know how to speak English Mm -hmm. fluently. So there are some parameters that's why uh, you cannot really feel the uh, high discrimination here. For me, it's it's, uh, an equal opportunity. Yes, there will always be,
0: but you cannot really feel that one. Mm, That's awesome. So I'm assuming you're working with other ethnicity like uh, Sri Lankans, Indians. um, Mm. Is there like a social ranking with immigrants? You know what I mean? Like the Qatar citizens are like, oh, the Filipinos, yeah, they're number one. And the other ones are number two. Uh, No, no, I cannot feel that one. Mm. Because as I've told you...
1: uh, Maybe there is, but the treatment, it's not on the surface itself. Maybe on the upper, on the deeper level, yes, there is. Mm. But for a common uh, person like me, because I have been with our company for almost 12 years Mm. and uh, with the other contractors that we have also, plus the client as well, uh, I can uh, maybe... I cannot observe this one properly, but in my opinion, I can, there is no ranking.
0: Oh, That's awesome, man. I love the positive outlook that you have. Yeah. Um, how do you think migration improve you and help you as a human being, as a man? Well, basically,
1: the first thing that I have learned when you migrate is that nobody will help you except yourself and uh the second thing is that it helped me to be a more disciplined person
2: mm.
1: in terms of uh, how do you carry on the lifestyle that could change your life when you become a an immigrant because mm. first, as compared before, you have the capability now to buy things but uh, in a level of uh, discipline we're in you need to think twice with your financial capability. Mm -hmm. Even me, myself, uh, it was just only lately that I have learned this, uh, but it's a great opportunity that, ah, yes, you need to have a more disciplined thinking when it comes to handling your financial, especially when you are uh, an OFW. And the third one is that being an immigrant itself improve yourself uh, as an individual because of the uh, multinational uh, multinational uh, level of people that you are dealing with daily Mm -hmm. that's the best uh, i think that's one of the uh, core reasons that i can say that uh, this being an immigrant improved uh, me as an individual This Mm. treating
0: well said well said can you apply to be a citizen in qatar we are not allowed to. No one can?
1: No, uh, except uh, when you will marry a Qatari citizen. But basically, these are for for females only. But we as uh, immigrants from Qatar will only be as uh, residents, but mm. you cannot apply for citizenship
0: here. Okay. But is it possible if you decide, and if obviously if you can afford it, Mm-hmm. Can you bring your family to Qatar and live? Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: How uh, come you haven't done that? Is there a reason, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah. It's basically because first reason is the financial, because the, the expenses of uh, taking kids here to study is very expensive. Mm-hmm. And then my kids now are all grown up. So they are already on the secondary, s- secondary school. Mm -hmm. so for for example my my eldest one year from now she will enter college so there Mm -hmm. is no college here in Qatar
0: what do you mean so she
1: will Mm -hmm. still return to the Philippines when she will go for college what do you mean there's no college in in Qatar there is no college universities for Filipinos here in Qatar can she not go to like whatever university but that's a little bit expensive of course okay okay, okay. yeah so average
0: person like me cannot cope with the expenses of the. Oh, of, me. of course. Yeah. I understand. So yes. you've been living in Qatar, working in Qatar for 12 years, like you mentioned. Yes. And this is a typical Filipino migrant story. Mm-hmm. That in the someday you're going to be old and you won't be able to work anymore. And most of them comes home without no backup, no business, no... Uh, investment, nothing. Mm. And most of them, unfortunately, end up being where they started. Yeah. How are you... Is there a plan that you have placed that will prevent you from suffering from that faith?
1: Yeah. Actually, as I uh, previously uttered a while ago, although it was late for me to start this one, especially on financial capability. Mm. As a matter of fact, I am studying right now also my master's degree in uh, business administration. It's my second term right now. And uh, I'll just give you a uh, backstory. And one of my research in uh, one of my subjects, LASEM, is the financial uh, capability and uh, what do you call this? Financial literacy of OFWs. Mm. So I have learned from my research that uh, the The financial literacy of an OFW is not dependent on the knowledge that they have. For example, you and I, we know the meaning of taxes, we know the meaning of investment, we know the meaning of debit cards and credit cards, Mm -hmm. but we don't put this one into action. (laughs) So this is the difference now. So there is a uh, very little relationship because of this. Now, uh, a few years back, uh, I have decided to enter into social, uh, what do you call this? Uh, social investments. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if, yeah, maybe I, I, you asked me a while ago if there are some instances that I want to promote is that all of W's now should uh, venture onto these types of investment because basically it will help you a lot. So these are the things that I'm doing right now. Uh, first, I am trying to build up my emergency fund
2: mm-hmm.
1: because what I have learned is that these emergency funds should be at least uh, six months equal to your salary or yeah, nine months equivalent to your monthly expenses, something like this. Yeah. And then I, uh, I also put some investment in Pag-ibig MP2 Okay. So it's a good opportunity also. Plus, uh, me and my uh, wife, we have an investment in cooperative in the Philippines.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's good. I, I, I'm glad that you have those. And I'm glad that you are arming yourself with this knowledge. Because like I said earlier, like Filipinos, they just like ubos you know? biaya. Uh, it means they'll just spend and spend without thinking.
1: Yes, correct. And yeah. I have learned from mistakes from the past. Also, I have been <laughs> like
0: that before. Those are the best ones. Yes. He'll correct you hard, man. That's like Mani Pacquiao's left hook. Correct.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So, how do you see yourself? Are you gonna Are you gonna stay in Qatar for longer, or are you planning to immigrate to a different country? What's your end goal?
1: Uh, my. My second home is already here in Qatar. Mm -hmm. So job-wise, our company from being a baby, now it's already an adult. (laughs) So I have been with them because we started the company as well. Mm
0: -hmm. I was
1: one of those uh, new employees way back 2007. Wow. So uh, it had gone through a lot of hardships also. So being a loyal employee to them, as long as they still need me, Plus the fact that my kids are going to their uh, college years, in a couple of years from now. Mm-hmm. So, my I can foresee myself at least staying five or six more years here because basically my my kids are going for college. Okay. And I hope that during that time I would have the uh, enough resources to uh, go back home in the Philippines for good. Of Instead course, of business? I don't want to
2: be. Yeah,
1: to start start a business. Mm. That's the also reason why... What, a mongo business? Uh, a <laughs> mongo <the> business, yes. <laughs> Whatever, as long as uh, it could be a good business for us in the Philippines. That's why that's the also reason why I'm studying my master's degree in business administrations, basically mm-hmm. of that purpose also in the future.
0: Very yeah. impressive, very impressive. Listen, Norman, it's deep, it's been such a pleasure. But before we end it, uh, yeah. Do you have any last remark or any topic that would you want to talk about? Get it.
1: Mm, well, basically, uh, f- it's a great opportunity, first of all, to uh, be with you mm-hmm. this time. Okay. And for all the OFWs right, like me, uh, I know these trying times is uh, hard for all of us. But uh, let's keep moving. Mm-hmm. I know we have a lot of uh, pressures in our own life and we have different reasons why we are here. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have to arm ourselves with the discipline that we need to. And of course, to always seek for God's enlightenment in everything that we do. Because as uh, as I've told a while ago, nobody can help yourself here except yourself only. So we always have to cling to the uh, faith that we have. And our uh, confidence that God will never forsake us in the end.
0: Plus mm-hmm. with our family and loved ones also. I'm right. Yeah. Wise word from a wise man. Again, Norman, <laughs> thank you. I really do appreciate it for your time and your knowledge that you have shared to us. Thank you very much for this
1: opportunity that you have given to me. Mm. And I hope that uh, our listeners uh, had something to uh, gather on this Uh, situations or the things that we have uh, talked about Mm -hmm. and uh, congratulations sir for this one and uh, continue to do the good deeds for our fellow Kababayans. Thank you sir, have a good evening. Uh, Have a good uh, good evening also sir.
0: Thank you, bye. God bless. Again, Norman, thank you for coming on the podcast, I really do appreciate it. Thank you listeners for listening. This is Aaron Del Yosa for An Immigrant's Life